Um, all right, open your Bibles with me to Galatians. Galatians. Wasn't it good to see what we could learn from the Bible just looking at the word made this morning? God's word is so powerful. We're going to be going through it tonight. And uh, let's, what I want us to do this evening as we begin is we're going to start reading chapter 4, verse 1. And we're going to read through, I think, uh, verse 10. And uh, let's just see what we can discern here. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he is lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, now notice this, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Do you see that? Look, look what he's talking about. This is the Jewish nation. The Jews were under the law. All right? And the law was the rules that were governing the people to live in the land. So while they were under the law, they were in darkness. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came, and look at verse uh, 5 again, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now look at the next verse, verse 6. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which, were, which by nature are no gods. But now... After that, ye have known God, or rather are known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire, desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye. Ye have not injured me at all. You know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. All right, so let's stop there for a minute. And I want you to see the contrast. The Apostle Paul is talking about himself as a Jew and what the law did. And now Christians are being told that they have to keep these holy days and these other things. Um, we are going to get to the observance of holy days and all of those things and how Christianity fell back into that. But that's not what we're going to deal with tonight. I want us to talk about a little bit tonight, the adoption of sons, what that's talking about. So there are some things that the Apostle Paul, as a Jew, had, and now we as believers have. Go back in, verse, in chapter 3 and look at verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. So we're not under the law anymore. Now look at what it says. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye... Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, help us understand this passage of Scripture tonight. 
and help us to understand, oh, at least partially, what we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who are God's chosen people? The Jews. The Jews are the children of promise. And this is where the Protestants got all messed up. They believed that since circumcision was the sign of Judaism and the, the sign of the covenant, that under the, the new covenant, under Christ, infant baptism would be the sign of the covenant. And they would baptize a child, and that child would become a child of promise. The only problem is the Bible never says anything about people being baptized as babies becoming children of promise. That's not, they just have it all messed up. So what is this seed of Abraham? How is it that we are going to become seeds of Abraham? That's where these pronouns become so important. Now, Paul was already a seed of Abraham. Is that right? In the flesh. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Uh, but here, the Bible is telling us, and this is Galatians, Gentile Christians, that they are now children of God and the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. That's where these pronouns, they help us to understand that, that the darkness was even under the law, and now we have Christ in our hearts. Now look at what it says in uh, verse 6. And because ye are the sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And one commentator said this, Abba, Father, is the cry of a child who has been adopted into another family that speaks another language. Isn't that interesting? You know, in the Old Testament, if a, if a servant was in the house, he wasn't allowed to call the head of the house Abba. He wasn't allowed to do that. That was a position of respect that would only go to a son. It, it, it does. Now, how many of you have heard that it means daddy? It would be something similar. It, I, I think that uh, it is similar to that, but I, I want to be careful that we don't disrespect God in any way by saying that, you know, it's not Big Daddy and all that kind of stuff that was going on in the Jesus People movement. How many of you remember the Jesus People movement? How many of you are old enough to remember it? Dan and Dodie and Tom. Just a few, a few. Brother Bob, I'm glad you got your hand up there. I know that you were around. You had the bell bottoms and the flowered shirt. I know you did. I can. <laughs> Charlie, you remember it too. All right. You know, there was some real disrespectful language toward God during that movement. If, if Most of you wouldn't have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, so we always try to be careful with that kind of teaching. But it's the idea, and I've told you about little Levi, um, Jay Ross's son. Jay Ross is a missionary to Israel that I was with, and his son has Down syndrome, and he's Levi. He was about this tall, just a stout little guy, and he'd He'd run around, and whenever he didn't see his father, he'd say, Abba, Abba. That's what he would call his daddy. And it was a really precious thing. But those servants in the home, those who were slaves, those who were under bondage, couldn't call him Abba. But we can. It's a really precious thing. Why? Because of the adoption of sons. So let's try to get an understanding of what this adoption means. And we're just going to be going through the Bible tonight trying to get an understanding of that. Go to Romans chapter 8. Let's see if there's anything similar here. Romans chapter 8. And the Holy Spirit is mentioned, I think, 26 times in Romans chapter 8. So... Obviously, the emphasis here is the Holy Spirit. Um, now look at 
verse 13, Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the, what does it say? Sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, what a passage. What a passage. Now, does this remind you of the Galatians passage that we just read? It's the same teaching. That the whole, through the Holy Spirit of God, we have received the adoption of sons. The adoption of sons. What is that talking about, though? What, how is it that we have received the adoption of sons? All right, y'all ready to run some verses and try and figure this out? Go with me to uh, Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Look at verse 22. So this is God giving the instructions to, to Moses about how he's going to lead his people out. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. You see that? This is, so who is the son of God here? Israel. Israel. Now, let's not get confused. Does it say that Israel is the sons of God? Or that Israel is the Son of God. See, the last time we have a Son of God on earth is, keep your place in Exodus 5, go to Luke chapter 3. Verse 38, lineage of Christ. It says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So Adam was the son of God. Adam was born. He was born. He was created in the image and likeness of God. Is that right? All right. So keep your place in Exodus. Go back to Genesis chapter 5, right where we were this morning. Verse 3. Genesis 5, 3, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his own or after his image and called his name Seth. So now Adam was created in the image of God and now Seth is born in the image of Adam. And he had the stain of sin on him. So now there are no more sons of God. There are no more sons of God. But God has called the nation of Israel His Son. So back in Exodus, I want you to see this. Let's be real clear on this. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh... This is verse 22, Exodus 5, 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Israel, as a nation, is His Son. That's what the Bible is saying. No individual on earth was the Son of God, but the nation corporately was God's son.
Go to, go to Hosea chapter 11. Hosea chapter 11. And if you need to use your table of contents, that's fine, but it's right after Daniel. Daniel, Hosea. Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him. I said that to my kids. Remember when you were little and you were cute and we loved you? <laughs> Do you see that? That's what's going on in this text. Why? Look at what it says. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. See that? The nation of Israel was his son. Keep your place in Hosea because we're going to come back uh, in Hosea 1 in a minute. But go with me to Matthew 3, 17. Uh, you know, go to 11, uh, Romans 11. I'm sorry, Romans 11. Got ahead of myself. You want to hear something funny. When I was in Bible college, I had to take a class called homiletics, and it's where they teach you how to preach. And I had to preach a sermon in there, and I got a C on my homiletic sermon. And I always got A's in college. You young people remember that. I always got an A. I got A's, and so I was bummed that I got a C on this sermon. And, you know, honestly, I thought the sermon was pretty good. And I got a C. You know what for? For not staying in the text. I used too many cross-references. <laughs> Some things never change. Amen? <laughs> that sermon that I preached is the second sermon that I ever preached here at Grace Baptist Church. Uh, interesting that I got a C on. You guys gave me an A because you called me as pastor. All right. All right. So Romans chapter 11, look at verse 7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. See that? He seeketh for. But the election hath obtained it, and the rest... We're blinded according as it is written. God hath given them in the spirit of slumber eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Look at uh, chapter 11, verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the, of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Sion the Deliverer, and shall turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. So this Son of God was Israel. This Son of God was Israel, but Israel's blinded to God now. You all understand that? It, that doesn't mean Jews can't be saved, but the nation itself is blinded against God, or blinded to God right now. Um, and so that's something that we have to understand. Now, if you can, keep your place in Hosea and go back to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. We read this passage a minute ago. And I want you to notice something. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, 
that we might be justified by faith. But after the faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. All right? Now, what is going on in this text? There was the law, but the purpose of the law was that we might be justified to teach us that we must be justified by faith. Verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All right, so verse 26 here says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So how do we become children of God? By faith in Christ Jesus. Did the Jews have to do that? Yes, they did. I thought they were the Son of God. Go back to Hosea. I'll show you what happened. Look at verse 10. Hosea chapter 1 and verse... uh, Verse 8. Hosea chapter 1, verse 8. Now, what... God has told Hosea to do is to take a wife of whoredom, take a prostitute for a wife. And it was going to be a picture of Israel and God's love for Israel. And this is God prophesying what He is going to do with Israel, the ten northern tribes. Judah hasn't been carried away into idolatry yet. Israel, the ten, the, the ten northern tribes, have. And so his wife, Hosea's wife, is going to have a baby. Now when, verse 8, Now when she had weaned Loruhamah, she conceived and bare a son. And God said, Then, then said God, Call his name Laomai. Now look what it says. For ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. For ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. What in the world happened? They violated his covenant. They broke his covenant. God said, I will do this with you. Now, is God done with Israel? No. But they were going to be carried away by the Assyrians into captivity. They were going to see great trouble. And Hosea deals very much with that initial captivity and also the tribulation and what's coming. Now, go to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. I want you to see something. Now, please do not misunderstand me. I am not saying that Israel ceased to be God's chosen people. But was He their God anymore? No, they didn't worship Him. They didn't worship Him. They had turned into false idols. Look at Matthew chapter 3 in verse 17. What happens here? From that point on, there are no, there, there's no mention of the Son of God on earth. From that point on, there's no mention of the Son of God on earth. Look at what it says in verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved, what's it say? Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus Christ came as the Son of God. And what was the result of Jesus Christ coming as the Son of God? Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Look at verse 8. Speaking of Jesus Christ, Though He were a son, 
Yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, how do we obey him? We obey the gospel. We obey the gospel. But this Son of God brings the opportunity for us to become the sons of God. Look at Psalm chapter 2 and verse 7. Psalm 2. I will declare the decree, the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Um, did I tell you all about the preacher that preached this text and wanted us to start Spanish-speaking ministries from this text? Did I tell you all this? So he, he preaches this text, and look at the next verse. It says, uh, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And his point was, we need to go to the uttermost parts of the earth and just gather up the people that God has called for his name. And that we ought to... And his one of the ways that we can do that is God has brought Spanish-speaking people to our communities. We need to establish Spanish-speaking ministries. Now, the point of what he was trying to say, I agree with. I came home and talked with Rick about establishing a Spanish-speaking Sunday school class. And that's something that we're going to talk about moving ahead on. So I'm for Spanish-speaking ministry. Amen? Praise God, we've got to minister to these people. Any, any group of people that come to us, we need to minister to them. All right? And so I said this to, to the preacher that was sitting next to me. I said, we can put this in our track. You know, as we invite them, we'll say, this is what will happen when you come to our church. Look at the next verse. Verse 9. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. I think maybe he should have read the rest of the passage before he preached the message. What do you think? It is interesting how people take things out of context to accomplish something and, uh, in, in their sermons. But here, the Bible is telling us that Jesus Christ is coming back to sit on His throne and God is going to ordain Him on earth as the Son of God, as, his, uh, as, as the ruler in the, on the throne of David. Now, does that mean that Jesus isn't God's Son until then? No, no. But what he's saying is, this day have I begotten thee, I will give you this. I will give you the heathen for your possession. I will do this. But he is the only begotten son. All right? So now, go with me to Acts 13, 33. What happened when the son came? You know, go to Acts chapter 4. I just thought of this. Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 25. Acts 4, verse 25. Who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? For the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against, what does it say? Thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined to be done. So now this is what was done. This is the, the apostle talking about Jesus Christ, what God has done with Jesus Christ. And he describes him as the holy child. The Bible in the book of Colossians calls him the firstborn, the firstborn. 
Go with me to Acts 13.33. And don't worry, uh, you might not be... I, I have not tied this together yet, so don't worry. We're going we're gonna to tie this all up. Acts 13.33. Trying to understand this adoption. God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that He hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten Thee. Now, isn't it interesting? That what, the, what, what God does here is He takes that Psalm 2 and He says, This day have I begotten thee, and He assigns it to the resurrection. Isn't that interesting? What God, the interpretation that God is giving of that text. But Jesus is the Son of God. Through His death, burial, and resurrection, He has given us the opportunity to become sons of God. Go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. Remember what, what we're looking at, adoption. Adoption. Romans chapter 1. Let's start reading in verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his, script, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness. So he was declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by what? By the resurrection from the dead. By the resurrection from the dead. Do you see that? So that title, Son of God for Jesus Christ, it is uh, declared to be that by the Spirit because of His resurrection. All right? So go to Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now what we're going to learn are all these different characteristics that we get because we are in Christ. According as He hath chosen us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So anyone who is in Christ is going to be holy and without blame. Anyone that's in Christ. Verse 5, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted. Where? What's it say? In the Beloved. We're accepted because we are in the Beloved. Who's the Beloved? Jesus Christ. We're accepted because we are in Him. That is what the adoption of children is. We have been adopted into Jesus Christ. We become a son of God by being placed in Him, in Christ. Who is the elect? You know what the Bible says the elect is? Israel, mine elect, and Jesus Christ is the elect. How do we become elect? By being in Jesus Christ. 
So this whole idea of the adoption of children, let's go back to Galatians chapter 4. This is pretty cool. Verse 3. Even so we, the Jews, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, Jewish, to redeem them that were under the law, the Jews, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Why would they as Jews need to receive the adoption of sons? I thought... Israel was the son of God. What happened? They rejected God. They rejected Him. And now, individually, they need to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior to become sons of God. What about us Gentiles, though? Look at the next verse. And because, verse 6, And because ye are sons... God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, saying, Abba, Father. We have the right to call Him that. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Isn't that awesome? That is what it means to be a son of God. Israel was God's son. That's what they were. Israel was God's son. They rejected Him. Now, if you read through the rest of Hosea... God turns around and He says, you will be my people. And He tells them again what's going to happen to them. But for a period of time, they're going to be lost. They rejected God's plan. But Jesus Christ didn't leave them alone. He came to the Jew first. Is that right? He came into His own and His own received Him not. But to as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become. And it all just ties together. Yeah, is Israel the son of God? Well, it will be when they're saved as a nation. But until then, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. We're all just people, Jews and Gentiles alike, who need to receive the adoption of sons. All of us, we believe in Jesus Christ, we become a son of God. Those of us who are Gentiles, are, we are grafted into the vine. What's the vine? The vine is Israel. But what did Jesus Christ say? I am the vine. Yeah, the branches. Israel being the Son of God is nothing but a picture of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Israel is going to be in Christ, but it's going to take a whole lot of trouble. Go to Revelation chapter 21. I'll show you. We'll be done. Uh, Revelation chapter 3. Let's do this. Verse 10. The Bible says, Revelation 3.10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience... I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He's a son. He's a son. Back to Revelation chapter 21. Let's look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my, what? Son. All those that have come through the tribulation period, they've come through the millennium, now they taste of the water of life, and they become a son. Aren't you glad we don't have to wait? Notice what it says, he that overcometh. Those are the people that had to overcome in the tribulation. They had to overcome all of that. Do you know what the Bible says about us? Let's go to 1 John. Verse, chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John 5, verse 4. For whatsoever of born of God is born of God, what's it say? And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Is that awesome? That is so amazing. God wanted Israel to be their son. God wanted Adam to be his son, and he failed. God wanted Israel to be his son, and they failed. God has given us the opportunity to be his son, and he's going to take us out. Then he's going to work on Israel again. He's going to bring them through, and Israel's going to be his son again. Isn't that awesome? That's God's plan. Do you know what God wants? Fellowship, relationship, familial relationship with his creation. It's an amazing thing that he's offered for us. That's what the adoption of sons is. You know what's awesome? How many of you kids ask your dads for things? Raise your hands. Any of you kids ask your dads for things? That's what God wants from us. Go ask him something. Go ask, go ask your heavenly father for something. He wants you to. How many of you dads would say, please ask God, not me? Would you raise your hands? Yeah, that's right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much.